Hey there, fellow travelers of the Junlin Wastes. Mark back here again for the Traveling the Junlin Waste podcast, the TJW podcast for November 16th, 2023. This is going to be a special episode of the podcast. We're starting a journey, a new journey here on the podcast. I'd mentioned earlier this week that I wanted to start doing a deep dive into those Star Wars NPR radio dramas. Uh, and today's the day we're going to uh, we're going to start that off. We're going to start off with uh, this very first episode of those NPR radio dramas, which was uh, the, the 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 radio adaptation of A New Hope. So we're going to be starting with episode one, which is called "A Wind, a wind to Shake the Stars." So uh, if you haven't done this already, you got to do this first before listening to this podcast. You got to actually listen to some of these episodes before we go into it. Uh, what my suggestion is is uh, you know there there are places to find these uh, to find these radio dramas. They are out there. You just got to find a, a, a good place to uh, to find them. Uh, my first suggestion is is go to your uh, public library. A lot of them still have the uh, the the CDs for this for these radio dramas. Uh, check those out first if you don't want to like you know have to spend the money to 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 to, to get those uh, to get those episodes. Uh, you could try there. Uh, I would imagine on a place like YouTube, you could probably find it as well. <laughs> as well, uh, you can also if you want to get the uh, if you want to own them. I mean that's that's still pretty cool to have. Uh, go to eBay. I know that there's where you can find a lot of the uh, the original cassettes or the CDs as well too. Uh, but like I said, do do some searching around, and I'm sure you're going to be able to find these episodes uh, pretty pretty easily. Um, and if you're having trouble finding them, send me an email or send me a message on the Traveling the Gentleman Waste Podcast Facebook um, Facebook page, and send me a message there and let me know if you're having any trouble trying to find those episodes, and I might be able to give you a hand. So before we begin uh, into our into our journey into this new journey, I love this. We're, do, we're starting a new journey here on, on the podcast, and that's lots of fun. Uh, just a couple uh, bits of news I wanted to uh, to mention. Uh, our friends at Norse Legion, Kevin Lyle, artist Kevin Lyle and his Norse Legion store, they are having a a really a great celebration going on right now. I think I mentioned uh, on a previous podcast that uh, you know on the official denim jacket of the TJW podcast. I have a lot of the patches and pins that have come from the Norse Legion store. They really have such great high quality pins and patches and uh, t-shirts, coins, cups, anything you could possibly imagine, I think, uh, that you want uh, for Star Wars swag. Uh, They have it there at their store. Uh, Check it out at norselegionstore.com because right now they are having a 45th anniversary of the Star Wars Holiday Special. 15% off using the discount code LIFEDAY uh, now through November 21st. Go check out some of their items that they have there. Uh, the things I'm looking at right now are is that is that great Star Wars Holiday Special Boba Fett Premiere patch. Uh, it is a PVC patch, which is pretty cool, uh, as well as a couple other patches, and I think I might be looking at a coin or two as well that they have there. But uh, Kevin Lyle puts together such I mean his his stuff is such good high quality material, and the art is fantastic. And uh, I can't I can't recommend them uh, uh, you know you know more more than I am right now. I mean they are really. <laughs> <laughs> they do such a great job putting out great swag that you can put on your uh, on, on your jackets, on your bags, on your bulletin boards, um, anywhere you could think with it. You would want to put like a patch, a, pin, a, a patch, a pin, a coin. Um, 
he, he has these great t-shirts he has pint glasses uh, take a look at them it, that, that, that's some good stuff there and uh, if you if you're in contact with Kevin Lyle let him know that the, that the TJW podcast sends sends their regards to him uh, so yeah and like I said be sure to check out that sale that sale goes to November 21st so you still have a whole lot of time to uh, to pick up some items there I also want to make a special mention as well too about a, a new piece of fan fiction that I that I found. I think I mentioned it uh, a little while ago. I mean, you guys know, if you've listened to, to my podcast for long enough, you know this. As my, you know, myself as well as my co-host Dan, uh, we are really big fans of the Forced Unleashed series. I think I mentioned uh, over the last uh, week or two, I was able to finally uh, pick up that uh, great PulseCon, Hasbro PulseCon exclusive of Starkiller, and the two Stormtroopers, and the Lightning Bolts, and it, it's a great, you know, Black Series six-inch figure uh, set that uh, that I have now. But, uh, you know, Dan and I both really dig the story. We love the video games that came out for it, the, the Force Unleashed and the Force Unleashed 2. Uh, I have both graphic novels as well as the two novels. And I always was thinking, like, you know, gosh, I wonder if there's any other... Any other, uh, you know, swag out there that I can get, or any other, uh, you know, good reading material regarding the, uh, the Forced Unleashed that I could, uh, that I could pick up. Because I mean, I've always said this as well too that that story needed to have a conclusion, a, a, a final third part to those, uh, to those first two parts of the story. And uh, while there's nothing official, uh, I did find that there is a great piece of fan fiction that came out that gives, uh, you know an idea of what could have been a great third part to the story. I haven't opened up this book yet, but uh, you can find it. It's called The Force Restored by Gregory O. Scott. And uh, this isn't just like any, this is like a 400 page, you know, novel, (laughs) okay? Uh, You can find it on uh, PDF, you can find it uh, online. Uh, and I'm looking forward to diving into this fan fiction and uh, getting into it. Maybe we can even have uh, Gregory O'Scott on the uh, on the podcast to chat about this uh, this novel after I finished uh, reading it. It's uh, it's definitely something that I've been I've been looking for and thinking about. So it's always good, especially I, I always think that the uh, the Star Wars fans are probably the best ones to to, to come up with material. So uh, if this is fan fiction, uh, I got a feeling that this is going to be a, an, an enjoyable read, and I'm looking forward to starting it. So if you want to find that as well too, uh, you can find it out there. You know, if you do a Google search for "The Force Restored" by Gregory O. Scott, uh, if you're having trouble with that, uh, send me a message on our Facebook page, and I'll try to give you a hand as well too. Um, those are the couple of items I just wanted to mention here before we start digging deep into this first episode of uh, the Star Wars radio drama, A New Hope. Uh, this first episode, A Wind to Shake the Stars. And as I'm thinking about it, I should have done this a little bit earlier, but maybe I'll do this for the, for the next couple episodes. I'm going to try to find out the actual dates that these uh, these radio dramas came out so we can have an official day when these uh, these these radio dramas hit the air. I got a f- if I remember correctly, they usually dropped on a Friday afternoon. So uh, and they were, I think they were repeated throughout the uh, throughout the week, but uh, it was they were first dropped. I think it was sometime after like you know the the the, the news that would come on at like three. 3 p.m. and then maybe around 4 o'clock the radio drama would 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 come on but uh i'll try to find out some of the more information about that so we can make this like you know an official commentary here but uh hey let's 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 dive deep into this and get into it so this first episode this first episode called a wind to shake the stars uh 
some I'm just gonna go through these episodes uh, you know sort of similar to how I do it I did it for the Disney uh, the, the Disney plus series that, that we went through as well as throwing in my uh, my thoughts as, as as we go along so if you've never listened to these these radio dramas what you're gonna find out is that you know they use the entire movie soundtrack uh, throughout this entire series, even in places where it wasn't designed for. So you might be hearing, you know, some of the, uh, like in this episode here, the, the trench run music is being used in one portion of this, of this episode here, uh, even though it was not specifically made for, you know, this radio drama. But, uh, you'll notice, obviously, I mean, there's certain places where John Williams' music just fits in perfectly in another area in the Star Wars universe. So that's 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 pretty interesting uh, aspect about the radio dramas. All the sound effects that were put together were, were put together here by Ben Burtt. All of these were used in the uh, in the movie. Um, some other things were, I think were probably added within the actual radio studio that they were working on for certain situations, but uh, the majority of it is is by the brilliant Ben Burtt. Um, and it's on all these radio dramas, so that's that's pretty exciting as well too. The first episode from uh, A New Hope here on the radio it gives a backstory to what we see in the movie, and this was I think probably was part of George's original idea, but uh, it would have to be taken up. Uh, it would have taken up I think a lot of time on the screen to fully flesh out some of these uh, backstories here. So this is like a perfect medium I think. For, uh, for for fleshing out some of those those backstories. Yes, reading it in a book is cool, but when you can have voice actors being able to 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 you know play this out and to be able to have the full effects of of the music and 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 the sound effects all working together here, uh, you sort of have a little movie going on in your head as 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 you're listening to these. So that's another fun aspect about these uh, radio dramas is that the fact that the way that I look upon I I envision these scenes playing out might seem differently to you or to your buddy over there uh so that's that's a nice aspect that we all have our own little versions in our head about how these things would be looking and how they would be playing out if we were actually seeing them on the big screen itself um it's so much fun by the way to hear mark hamill uh at this time you gotta remember that this these were recorded in like you know the early 80s while he was still well involved within the uh the the, the star wars universe um, I believe these were, pro I think these had to have been made sometime between like Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Um, so he is still well entrenched within <laughs> Star Wars lore, at least uh, from the movie, from the movie perspective. And here he was coming in to reprise this role only in a different, uh, in a different manner for this radio drama. And, uh, you know, he, he, it's fun hearing, hearing him as Luke, as a kid with like, you know, big dreams you know it opens up let's just get into it here you know the the story opens up with the narrator talking about like you know that there is a big war you know the rebellion is about to start spreading and 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 the empire is 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 is, is in control but it's trying to it, it's it's being challenged by this rebellion but there are other places which aren't even a are aren't even so close to that uh to 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 that you know empire versus rebellion battle in places like Tatooine, and so it starts off this episode here with uh, you know Luke. He's there. You imagine him there in 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 the tech dome that he is working on 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 some of his stuff. It looks like he's probably it's like imagine him in his garage playing around with his uh, with his car. This the the car for him is is his uh, is his Skyhopper. 
So he has all these dreams in his head about now joining the Imperial Space Academy as he's listening to this uh, recruitment tape. Uh, and it's funny how, you know, you, you can definitely see where certain aspects of reality are, are, are played out um, in this radio drama. Uh, he's, he's listening to a recruitment tape. Um, nowadays, it would be a recruitment MP3, probably, or something that you'd find online. Uh, but you got to remember that back in, you know, 1980, 81, you know, you know cassette tapes were the, the, probably the, uh, the most common form of, uh, of having recorded material. So he's there listening to his recruitment tape from the Imperial Space Academy. And, he, you know, it, it, it probably does the same thing that, uh, you know, that I, I think I, I did like many moons ago when I was, you know, exploring my, my options to go to college and, and where I would go. I think I remember I was rewatching, uh, I had gotten a VHS tape from one of the colleges uh, that I was exploring and I would watch it over and over and over and over again, just imagining myself like, you know, sort of like Luke, imagining myself being on that campus, probably the same way that Luke is daydreaming here as he's working on his Skyhopper and he's uh, imagining what he could possibly be doing there at the academy me and learning about you know how to fly spaceships and how and and how to to, to be part of uh be part of the academy his friend wendy makes uh, a lot of fun of him in this episode he comes over to visit luke and uh, you'll notice this the uh the, the the teenagers on tatooine they give luke uh quite a tough time which we do know from from some of those uh deleted scenes on a new hope where you see biggs and you see fixer and cammy and 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 that that scene where they're looking up to the sky and they're and, and they're throwing around his uh his, his his macro binoculars um you know and and as as windy here comes in and uh, he hears them listening to this tape of the academy uh it's sort of fun, a little bit funny how windy starts teasing him and he says you know "Ooh, luke skywalker hero of the universe uh, you know, it's, you know, you, you, you jump ahead a, a little bit of time here and guess what? He is going to become the hero of the universe, uh, even beyond these original trilogies through those Disney plus series and through the, uh, through, through the, uh, the sequel series, you're going to be, you, you, he becomes the hero of the universe. So the sky opera scene at the beginning, uh, is I think really the first big test of this radio drama. Um, you know, Luke and Wendy are playing around with this thing. Uh, I, I call it a car, but a, really, if you're in the desert, it's almost like a dune buggy kind of contraption. And, and you hear, you know, the uh, as as they're getting into this uh, into this like this dune buggy device, you hear the engine turn on, you hear the atmosphere and the wind around them, um, and it's this 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 scene really starts to dig into your imagination, which is so much fun. Um, as the Skyhopper takes off, you hear an obscure piece of John Williams score that I think uh, might have been left out of the movie. I'd probably have to go back and check my uh, my New Hope uh, soundtrack because it I got the one that came out, I believe, in 2004, which contained um, some music that was not used in the movie. So I think this might have been one of those places where they pulled out a piece of John Williams score that was not used there, but it, it was a really nice placement of it here uh, as Luke and Wendy are blasting off in this uh, in the Skyhopper. Um, Luke and uh, Wendy they meet up with the rest of their gang at the at the power station in Anchorhead. Uh, you know we meet the characters of Cammy and Fixer. Fixer is like you know the big man on campus, and Cammy's his girlfriend. 
uh, Fixer gives Luke a, a, a lot of grief. Um, you know, the, the way he does it, you know, it's almost, uh, you know, he, he bullies him around quite a bit. Uh, but uh, Luke seems to, like, shake it off a lot of the time. Uh, but uh, not just Fixer, but the other kids uh, or the other ones who were who are in this uh, in this group here. And it's just one of those things that uh, you know you wonder, like you know the kids here, they uh, they, they they tease him a lot. They tease Luke quite a bit. Um, they give him a lot of grief, and uh, it, 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 it's it is uncomfortable to hear them doing that to Luke because he really it's you could really see him as the outsider here. Uh, <laughs> Fixer does all his. It seems that he really enjoys bringing Luke down, and uh, all the others in this group tend to to to, to follow along as well too. Um, Fixer likes telling people, you know, I'm I'm my own boss, and and I'm not gonna do something stupid like join the academy, uh, just so I could be in a spot to take orders from other people. Um, it, it obviously he's 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 probably feeling a little bit like you know insecure. <laughs> about his ability to get into an academy so he just makes fun of it he makes fun of Luke for it but uh, it's it's one of those things that I, I I think really sheds an interesting light onto Luke Skywalker's character when you see him uh, you know when you see where he comes from when you see where the, the the kids that he is surrounded by where he really does come from and he comes from you know it, it, not only is the environment tough where he grows up and that the, the Tatooine is a really and it's a tough inhospitable place that they're trying to make livable uh, the people there are also very hard and coarse as well too so I think that's an interesting aspect of this of this episode um, the conversation that they have here it goes from schools and academies and re recruiting efforts of the Empire to what I guess would be called more important issues for kids at that time uh racing around uh beggar's canyon the famous beggar's canyon and threading the stone needle that uh, was something done only by by biggs who who made it to the academy so fixer says you know they 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 start you know teasing him teasing fixer saying like you know that uh, Biggs was able to do it. What about you? And Fixer, you know, he, he lays down the gauntlet in a bit, and he says, he says, uh, you know, uh, you know, that he could do anything the same way as Biggs did. And then he challenges Luke to a race. He's like, let's, let's, let's. You know, he calls him his the, the, the teasing nickname that he has for him is, is Wormy, and so they, uh, they, they, he challenges Luke to a, to a race in Beggar's Canyon through the Stone Needle. And uh, to see who is the best, uh, the best bush pilot here on Tatooine. Um, Luke agrees as he's thinking about it. Probably lets, uh, you know, he, he throws caution to the wind and is like, "Sure, I'll get in my skyhopper and I certainly will beat you." So Fixer, what he ends up doing is going to. Uh, so Fixer's going to get into his uh, into his skyhopper. Luke's going to get into his skyhopper. And they're gonna have a good old-fashioned race through the desert here. So uh, you know, it's it's not it's not fun, I guess, to 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 drag race without some of your friends in the car with you. So Fixer rides with, uh, or, or I should say, Deke rides with Fixer, and Wendy's gonna ride with Luke. And I guess Cammy's gonna be on the sideline waiting to see who who wins this. So uh, you know, you wouldn't think that a dude buggy style race could be pulled off in an audio fashion. But man, it is done so well here. Um, the combination of amazing voice acting, the sound effects, that trench run music that I was mentioning earlier, you know, 
puts you as the listener, you know, uh, you know, there with Luke, with Fixer. You're able to paint a scene in your mind. And on an interesting note, uh, I, I, you know, as I'm thinking about this, you know, our friend Rob Taylor of Hero Fire Arc actually did a really good piece of art showing Luke Skyhopper in action in Baker's Canyon. Uh, it's a really nice piece of my collection, and I always, uh, it always makes me uh, think of this episode. Um, you know, in, in the end, Luke proves himself by beating Fixer in this race, even though his Skyhopper broke down a little in, in, in the home stretch there. Uh, but uh, Luke's determination in this, in this race, you know, obviously I wasn't thinking this back when I first heard this episode back in the early 80s, but uh, now as, as, as an official podcaster, you see, uh, I, I think of Luke's determination making me think of Anakin and his pod racing days. And I'm sure Anakin raced through this same route as Luke did here, uh, you know, when, when, when he was a kid as well, too. Uh, he did his pod racing, but I, I am sure that one of the places that he, he was flying through was Baker's Canyon and through the Stone Needle here. Um, the acceleration, the exhilaration of winning is funny. Wendy is freaked out, and, and he can't believe Luke has done this, and he thinks Luke has, 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 has you know, lost his mind a little bit because... You know, Luke is is laughing. He's happy. It's almost like a uh, like a hysterical type of a laughter where where it's like he can't believe that he's that he's that he's won this. And in his you know in his joy, he says out to the universe, "Oh, Biggs, you should have been here." And uh, you just get that exuberance that uh, you know that you that that you imagine Luke Skywalker having. You know, his young idealistic way of of looking at things, and he's just done the greatest thing. In his universe, you know, he has won this great, you know, one-on-one -on -one match with Fixer. Probably the, you know, the first real big test of his piloting career, and he beat uh, Fixer there in Baker's Canyon and, and, and threading the stone needle. Um, as the episode moves along from here, the episode gives us some, you know, some very poignant moments that I think flesh out some of the deeper ideas about Luke's life on, on Tatooine and his relationship that he has with uh, his Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen. Um, we get a look into, like, you know, early morning uh, at the Lars homestead. Um, you know, you look into it, and, and they're, they're at the breakfast table. And uh, this, is, this is, I think, a typical scene that maybe a lot of other families have. You know, sometimes breakfast is, while they say it's the most important meal of the day, sometimes it could be the most intense meal of the day <laughs> as you're getting ready for work, getting ready for school. Everybody's sitting there. Uh, everybody's a little bit tired. They're not ready to start their day, and they're trying to eat a little something before they got to jump out the door. Um, and, and the tension is building, you can feel, in this scene between Owen and Luke. Um, we certainly see the desperation of Owen here. Uh, or I should say, we see the desperation of Owen in the uh, in the Disney Plus Obi Wan Kenobi series as as he takes as we know he has taken charge of Luke, and he's seeing that uh, you know that no danger comes to him at the same time that he doesn't fall into the same uh, bad trap that his father fell into. Um, the family does live in very desperate conditions and spends a good amount of time fixing uh, moisture evaporators and farming from what uh, no. You know, and hoping to get what they can from from that meager existence. Uh, Luke, as we know, hates living on Tatooine, but uh, you know he's always feeling his his uncle's pressures. Um, he expects, you know, he you know, Owen expects a lot from Luke, and and doesn't like his daydreaming about leaving home. Um, Baru understands Owen's feelings about the matter, but 
but she just, I mean, you can tell there's also tension between uh, Owen and Baru, and it doesn't seem like the, the, the happiest of, of marriages. Um, they stick together, but it's just one of those marriages that you wonder, do they really like each other, or are they just, you know, sort of like been matched up, and they're, they're, they're trying to like make an existence here on, on Tatooine. Um, but, uh, but Baru understands, like I said, she understands Owen's feelings, but doesn't like how Owen, you know, in, 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 in very plain terms, he smashes Luke's dream whenever it can. Um, God, even when it comes to, to, to buying new droids, you know, um, Luke has to work with this droid in this episode called, called Treadwell. Uh, and apparently it's a really lousy droid, not capable of good work. And uh, even when, when Luke brings up, like, you know, maybe we can buy some some new droids to help us around. What does Owen do? He smashes that idea down as well, too. So even when Luke is trying to be helpful as a farmhand, you know, Owen is constantly, you know, you know, you know breaking it down and, and smashing his ideas, which is which is not a good idea even in real life to do to your uh, to your kids. Um Baru, you can see, is always trying to be the peacemaker between these two. Um, like I said, there is tension between Baru and Owen. Baru even admits, Baru even admits that uh, you know Luke is an outsider. You know, she knows that Biggs, you know, who is his best friend, left. You know, it's like the kid. You know, his best friend either moves away from the neighborhood or he goes to college and he's left by himself. He doesn't really have anybody to to, to hang with, and that is a tough situation. That is really a tough, tough tough thing that uh that that luke has to go through um mark hamill does i think i go back to mark hamill's performance here he does such a great job um you know doing the scene with with you know, we're, we're, we've left the breakfast table scene where um like i said there's all attention and we, get, we we next meet up with uh with luke out there at a moisture evaporator trying to fix it with the uh with the treadwell and Mark Hamill does such a great job on this scene because you got to remember that he was in the studio probably reading these words and he didn't have the benefit of of having all the sound effects and the music and everything going on around him. He just had to play it out in his head and you could feel his emphasis when he's like, you can hear him like, you know, going, trying to like, you know, work on the, on the moisture evaporator and he hears the droid ask him something and he can't believe that the droid is doing something that, that he didn't ask him to do. Sort of reminded me of of the magic that he made between uh, himself and and the Yoda puppet in Empire Strikes Back, and he does this really really well with this uh, you know with you know imagining I guess himself with that treadwell droid there on Tatooine working on the moisture evaporator. Um, the scene is significant because this is where we see the battle going on in the upper atmosphere, which we know is eventually we're going to find out to be Leia's ship and Vader's Star Destroyer. He talks about how he's looking up and he sees like, you know, it looks like two ships are firing at each other and there certainly are. It's the Star Destroyer and, and Leia's ship. So this was also a deleted scene from, from the movie, but it does, it, I am so happy they put this scene here in this radio drama because that this really starts to connect uh, the normative story of A New Hope. He wants to go tell his friends about this. You see something that's exciting, you want to tell your friends about it and go and, and, and show them this. The same way that anybody finds, like, you know, a you know kids these days, they find a TikTok video that is so incredibly awesome, they want to share it with everybody. So he goes and he gets into his uh, into his uh, land speeder and, and, and flies off to, uh, to Anchorhead to the power station where his gang is hanging out. 
they're they're at the power station. And it looks and it sounds like they're playing something like a video arcade game, probably. Um, Luke comes in, starts you know saying, "I got to show you something outside. There's something going on. There's a battle in the atmosphere." And they're just like, "Luke, shut up. Leave us alone. Don't bother us. We're playing a game and everything." And then and then they 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 tease him into saying, "Luke, we got some company here." And then all of a sudden you hear Luke say, "Biggs," and and, and Biggs has come for a for a visit here on uh, on Tatooine. So um, you can see from the deleted scenes in in in, in Episode Four, Luke. I mean, Biggs showing up there in his academy uniform with the cape. It's a pretty famous scene and everything. In fact, my my uh, my autograph. Uh, I have an autograph with uh, with, with Luke and, uh, and and Biggs on Tatooine in that scene. So that's uh, you know, it's, it's even something that a lot of people like to get autographed because. Uh, you know, Biggs is a part of the Star Wars universe, even though he didn't have so many, you know, so many scenes in the official version of, of the movie. He has a significant role within uh, within Luke's life here. So, as we move the story further along here, uh, Luke ends up telling the game that he's seeing something going on in the atmosphere, and he thinks ships are, are firing on each other. So they go out, they go outside, and uh, he takes his binoculars or his electro mac or, or or his electro binoculars, and they're looking up. And Biggs takes a look at it, and he says, "Nah, I don't think that's a battle going up there." He says, "I don't see, you know, it doesn't seem to be, uh, you know, ships firing at each other." He says, "It probably wasn't just a just a tanker fueling a freighter," and and Luke starts to feel a, a, a bit deflated. Um, not only, not so much because you know Fixer and, and the rest of those kids are are are, are dismissing his, his 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 idea here, or his 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 reporting of this event. But the fact that his best friend is also saying that that's not probably what's going on up there, it sort of deflates him a little bit. And, um, you know, I, you got, you, I think you can imagine that Biggs was the big man on campus uh, before he left. That, uh, and you could see it a little bit when Biggs puts Fixer in his place when he thinks he's being too tough on Luke. And you could sense how you could sense as, as he's telling Fixer to, to, to leave Luke alone, how Fixer backs down a little bit to the point where even Cammy can't believe that Fixer is, is backing down from Biggs and Fixer just says like, no, Cammy, let's go. End of the story. So, um, it's left that the, the other kids leave and, uh, Biggs and Luke are there and, uh, you know, they take a, a, a land speeder ride. Biggs says he just wants to hang out and talk with Luke for a little bit. And, uh, you know, the, the, he thinks, Biggs thinks that the Rebellion is, is far away from Tatooine. Like, Tatooine is such an insignificant place that the Empire is probably not going to even bother coming around to this area of, of the universe. But they take the land speeder for a drive, and, and, and like any, any kids or high school kids or, or those getting ready for college, you know, they like to reminisce about old times, which lead into a discussion. Interestingly enough, another very poignant moment where, where Biggs and Luke uh, discuss why they are friends. And... Biggs implies that, you know, Luke has always, he, he feels Luke has always been light years from where, where, where these other kids are. He knows that in his heart of hearts, he says, I think he feels, you know, Luke, you're going to leave Tatooine one day and you are going to become, you know, no pun intended, a force within the galaxy. And Luke then tells him that he can't go to the Academy this year because he, he needs to help his, his aunt and his uncle. Um, it is his only family. Biggs gets really annoyed at this because I think he's he starts to get a little bit angry at Luke because he feels that Luke is basically standing in his own way and not making his own path in life. And that really bothers Biggs because he knows that Luke is more than what he seems. And 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 
Luke fights back a little bit by saying, look, I, I've got only one family. I'm an orphan. My aunt and uncle are the only family I got. I can't let anything happen to them. And how are you expecting me to just to leave these two these two people here to fend for themselves. I'm the only one who could probably help them out and, 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 and fend off any dangers that would come that would come across them. So Biggs and, and Luke, they feel this awkward situation just, you know, building as, as the silences begin begin growing and you can hear him coming back on the land speeder back to uh, the power station. Um, and during this time, you know, Biggs starts to tell Luke, he, you know, he's, he gets very serious. You know, they had been kidding around and they got into this little bit of a fight. But then Luke, but then Big starts to tell Luke. He says, um, "I got, I got a secret to tell you." Okay, he probably shouldn't say this to anybody. He says, "But you know that he's planning to uh, jump his ship that he's that that he's serving on right now. He's going to join the rebellion with a friend, and uh, he was never ever planning on staying with the Imperial fleet, and he was only using it as a way." to get himself to the rebels to get all that that training and piloting and fighting skills to be able to to, to go over to the rebellion to 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 a side that he believes in and you can tell that luke also wants to do the same thing but like i said luke is just too committed to his life as as a farm boy with his family um in this conversation that they have big lays down a you know, really heavy story about like you know how he had a friend who uh, was picked up by uh, you know imperial agents and died in interrogation, um, and that really, really hits Luke hard. He could see that his friend is no longer that fun-loving you know guy who would like race a skyhopper around Tatooine, but he has he feels he has a mission to do in life. He feels he has to join this rebellion. He feels that this is what he was meant to do. And Luke is probably still sitting there thinking to himself, I want to do the same thing, but I can't. I can't. I feel too much responsibility at home, and I have to stay here. Which almost he's resigning himself to say, like, this is my life here, and your life is out there. And the way that you're talking, Biggs, I'm probably not going to see you anymore. And uh, then you get to realize that, that you know, that, that you know, this, this could be it. This could be the last time that they could see each other, shake hands, give each other a hug. As they both begin to cool down and kid around again, um, as Biggs is walking away, you know, he hopes that, uh, you know, their paths are going to cross someday, and um, it really is a moving moment in, 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 in the radio drama here between them, and it ends really, really well when, uh, you know, Luke, as Biggs is walking back off to, to, to get to his ship to, to leave, Luke says to Biggs, do you really, th by the way, do you really think that those ships out there were just fighters you know, fueling each other? And Biggs responds, well, not if they were firing, hotshot. So it leaves it off that, uh, you know, Biggs obviously is not going to say, you know, come out and, and, and probably give his full thoughts about this because he probably did, is trying to protect himself, protect Luke without giving off too much information. He's probably giving off too much information anyway right now when he said that he's going to jump his ship from the Imperial Fleet and go to the Rebel Alliance. But uh, it's just an interesting way to leave off this episode to say, you know, well, not if they were firing, Hotshot. Sort of like, we have got so much more to come in this radio drama. That's the underlying, I think, uh, understanding of, uh, I think, of that line. Not only for Luke to understand that there's probably something more to it, but I'm not going to tell you right now. 
and at the same time, giving us the listeners that uh, that thought like, you know, we still have got a long way to go on this radio drama and just, you know, strap in and get ready because it is going to be a wild ride. So uh, that that that's, you know, and some other additional thoughts I wanted to mention about this episode. That was just a quick one run through of, of, of this episode here. But, uh, you know, I love the title for this episode. Part of me feels that, you know, this could have been the title of episode four as a whole. If 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 a new hope was not used, a wind to shake the stars. Really, it, it, it leads so much to my imagination when I hear that 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 title. Um, using this backstory to start the radio drama, I think, is such a brilliant idea. Even though it was not how the movie began, I think it just opens up so much of the character of Luke Skywalker. Uh, we know that he is always looking to the horizon for adventure, as Yoda says. But this episode of the radio drama shows how much he wants that adventure, as shown by, like, you know, the Skyhopper race, his his family conflict, especially with Owen, his feeling of being an outsider amongst even the people who he thinks are his friends. And he even comes to realize how much I think he, he is standing in his own way when, when, when he finishes this last conversation with Biggs. Um, some other thoughts that I had about this episode, you know, the sound effects and music score, like I said, it's used so beautifully in this episode. You find yourself painting your own picture of Tatooine in your head, which is just amazing. Um, the Skyhopper really serves as a vehicle, no pun intended, for, for Luke's aspirations, I think. Um, you know... A couple of ideas that I, that I was thinking about regarding the Skyhopper. As I mentioned earlier, I really like the Skyhopper art that was done by Rob Taylor from Hero Flight Art. Really cool looking picture. I love it a lot. It's in my collection. Uh, Obi-Wan, if you remember, also he gives Luke the Skyhopper toy in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Uh, I've started thinking now is this as like, you know, this, this Skyhopper toy as sort of like a pre-gift to his father's lightsaber. And just as Anakin was adept, as a as 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 a pilot, I think Obi Wan senses that and gives him the Sky Hopper, which triggers Luke's yearning to hone his piloting skills. Um, in Episode four, we do see him playing with that uh, model Sky Hopper, and interestingly enough, it is an accessory in the Walmart exclusive Obi Wan Kenobi Jedi Legend six-inch figure. So uh, check that out if you haven't uh, t- taken a look at that cool-looking figure too. By the way, I think I'm gonna have to get that one as well. So in in a sense, Obi Wan was giving Luke. Uh, his father's lightsaber and a symbol of his mastery of, pil- of piloting. Those were the two gifts that uh, that Obi Wan gave: the lightsaber and the uh, the the, uh, the Skyhopper. One of the biggest strengths, I think, of the of the radio drama is bringing Mark Hamill in on this project. Um, he is in for New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, but interestingly enough, he was not on the radio drama for Return of the Jedi. We'll talk more about that when we get to the Return of the Jedi radio drama. But anywho. His, his, his voice you know, still familiar because uh, the radio dramas were done at the same time that uh, Empire and, and Return of the Jedi were done. So we still have that youngish voice of, of Mark Hamill. Interesting about, speaking of voice actors, Fixer was voiced by uh, actor Adam Arkin, who uh, you probably know from many TV and movie series. Um, and the next episode that we're going to be talking about, the second episode of this radio drama, is, gonna be, is called Points of Origin. And it is going to focus on the power of the Empire and the Growing Rebellion. Um, those were just some of my thoughts about this first episode. I hope you enjoyed it. What are you thinking about this first episode of When to Shake the Stars? Send me a message on the Traveling the Jumlin Waste Podcast Facebook page. I want to hear what you think about this. Uh, is this the first time you've listened to the radio dramas? Is the is is this you know? Have, are you like me and you sort of like listen to it every you know like a, maybe on a yearly cycle? It's usually the reason I started. To, I wanted to do this for the podcast is because I usually 
re-listen to the whole radio drama sometime you know this part of the year between like you know the start of thanksgiving and and, and through the new year um i tend to like to, to listen to these radio dramas so that's why i i, I decided to do it this time but uh, that is all for now uh thank you for coming on this ride with me on this uh, first episode and stay tuned for that uh that next episode we're going to be uh doing a commentary on and it is going to be so two points of origin so that's all for now hope everybody's having a wonderful day and i will talk to you soon have a good one all